Glory to Jesus Christ. We have two gospel readings today. Um, One of them is for St. Herman, uh, St. Herman of Alaska, um, who is up here, right? Yeah, down there. Uh, And the other is for the Holy Forefathers. This is the two Sundays away from the Nativity, and today we, we remember the Holy Forefathers of our Lord, and those icons are on the center uh, analogion there. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about that reading for the Holy Forefathers, because it's the parables of our Lord are always, on one hand, they seem like simple little stories, just very simple, very short, um, but... I feel like they kind of defy an easy uh, understanding. Just when you think you've got an understanding of what's going on there, you discover that, no, you've just barely even started to to crack the door, as it were. Um, But in this particular parable, there's some context that goes with it um, that I think is kind of important to help us talk about it. So I'm going to back up a little bit and tell you what's going on (laughs) when our Lord delivers this parable. Um, He's making his way towards Jerusalem. Um, His passion is still a little ways off, but he's headed that way. And on this day, it's a Sabbath day, which is the holy day for the Jews. And um, he's eating at the house of a Pharisee. Um, The Pharisees were a particular group of Jews, some of the Jewish leaders. And they had very particular ideas about how how to worship and how to follow God. And a lot of times they argued with Jesus about things. But in this case, he's eating at one of their houses. And they have a big, it's a big meal. A bunch of the local kind of, local important folks are there. And uh, they're all kind of vying for who's going to sit in the place of honor. And so he gives them a teaching about um, how to be a good guest. And it turns out being a good guest is to be like God and have perfect humility. Not hard, right? Um, And then he says, but also to be a good host is also to be like God and have exuberant generosity, overflowing generosity. And one of the guys at the dinner who hears this thinks he understands um, and says, uh, blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. That's a good saying. But then Jesus gives us this parable. And he says that there was a man who gave a big supper. Right? And uh, there were a lot of people invited to this supper. They already had their invitations. Their invitations had been delivered previously. Like when they set the date on the calendar, the man said, I'm going to have this, this big feast on the 15th. Here's your invitation. It's on the 15th. Be ready. The 15th. Right. And so when everything was ready, the food is hot, piping hot on the table. All the cups are filled with wine. The napkins are cool, folded into like little swans. The candles are lit. The dinner is ready. No one's here yet. So the master tells his servant, go out to those people we invited and tell them it's time. The food's ready. It's time to come to the feast. Everything is ready. Everything has been prepared. All they have to do is show up. That's all they got to do. 
And so servant delivers the message and we hear these excuses. Well, I just bought a piece of land and I need to go check it out. I got this new mower. I'm going to try it out on my new land. Uh, the second uh, excuse is uh, I just bought some livestock. I need to see if they're any good. I can't, can't come to your feast today. And the third guy says, well, I just got married and we're headed to Aruba for our honeymoon. I'm sorry. Thanks, but... So the servant reports this back to the master and the master is a little upset about this. And he says, you know what? Just go out into the city and find everybody in the streets and alleys that you can. Find the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind. All the people you wouldn't normally invite to this kind of supper. Right? And remember, Jesus is at one of these kinds of suppers. Right? Where all the important people in town were there. So the important people didn't show up, and the master says, go out and get the poor, the lame, the blind, the maimed, and bring them in. And the, ma the, the servant does this, and he says, but there's still plenty of room. We, brought, we got all those folks, and there's still plenty, plenty of room. And then the master says, okay, go outside the city. Go, go out and find every hidey hole you can. You know those thieves that hide in the, in the bushes and jump people? Get them. Right? That's who hides in hedges. When our Lord says the, the, the highways and the hedges, that's who hides in hedges, right? Robbers, the homeless, that's who he's going to get now. And then they all come, and he says, and this, this closing line is kind of a hard word, I think, that we get from our Lord sometimes. I say to you that none of those men who are invited shall taste my supper. So, that's our parable. <laughs> so, as with any of, any of the parables, we always start to think about, well, who am I in this one? Am I this person or that person? Or maybe I'm this one. Well, there's a, a common understanding of this parable that says that the man throwing the feast is God the Father. And the servant is Jesus Christ. And the men who were invited, the, the people who got their invitations in the mail for the 15th, right? Those are the... Um, the Pharisees, the elders of the Jewish people, all the wealthy, well-to-do, important folks. And then the second group that are the, the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the, the blind are, because they're still in the city, right? Remember the city. Um, they're the Jewish people who didn't get the first invitation. They're, they're blind to the invitation, perhaps. Um, and then the third group, who they have to go outside the city to get, are all the people of the Gentiles, all the non-Jewish people. And that's one way of understanding that that's pretty, um, pretty common uh, in, in the church fathers, especially the early, early understandings of this parable. But I think um, as I kind of started to chew on this, um, and, and with most parables I think we can do this, like we're all of these at one time or another. Um, certainly there's a lesson here about how to have hospitality, right? How to throw the feast, how to be the master of the household, right? Um, you have this exuberant generosity. Invite everyone, give to everyone. Everything you have, give it. Um, prepare the feast and invite them in, right? 
Um, there's a sense in which we are the servants, right? We've been called to go out and share the news of the feast with those who uh, are not in the house yet, right? Come to the feast. Everything's prepared. Um, sometimes we're those who, I'm going to skip one group. <laughs> sometimes we're the poor and the maimed and the blind. Like we're, that's kind of where I usually feel like I am. Um, I, I uh, you know, for whatever reason, I'm spiritually poor, spiritually maimed, or physically poor and physically maimed and lame and blind. Um, but the Lord still uh, invites me, calls me in, despite uh, my, my uh, maimness or lameness or blindness or poor. Um, and then sometimes even we can be the third group, um, which are kind of hiding the, out in the hedges. They don't want to be found. And we're a little surprised that Jesus even came to our hidey hole to find us. Like we were hiding here, trying to hide from, maybe trying to hide from something, and there he is still, there to get us. But I left out that first group who are invited. The feast is prepared, and we've all been invited. Right? We're here, okay, so that's good. We know, we know the feast is, you know, this morning, beginning at 9, 9.30 is when the divine liturgy starts. Right, hours are a little earlier, but uh, we know that it starts this morning, and we're here. So fantastic, great. Um, I think there's a temptation there, though, to equate feast with Eucharist specifically. There's a temptation there to see any time that Jesus is talking about eating, he must be talking about specifically taking communion. And I want to suggest that. That's a little too specific. When Jesus talks about the feast, he's talking about the entire kingdom of God over and over in the scriptures, especially in Luke, but all over the place. The kingdom of God has something to do with a feast. This imagery is used over and over again. And sometimes we, we get too specific, but we need to take it the other way too and understand that anytime we're talking about the feast, we're talking about the entirety, king, entirety of the kingdom of God. We're talking about the entirety of the life in Christ. Because that is what the kingdom of God is. It is to live the life in Christ. The feast has been prepared. We've been invited. And now we can either say, I, I can't come, I've got to mow my yard. Or I can't come, I promised my buddies we'd go fishing. Right, But that's not just about coming to church on Sunday. We're all here, so that's good. Right? There's also Wednesday night Vespers. There's also Saturday night Great Vespers. When we have feasts, we have a night before either a vigil or a Great Vespers, and then that day of the feast, we have the Divine Liturgy too. So there's more, there are more services we could come to. But it's more than just coming to services. Right? It's not, the feast is not just about coming and showing up at the church itself. The feast is about the entirety of the life in Christ. And any time we set aside or make an excuse for not living the life in Christ, we're, we're, we're guilty of being those men who were invited that shall not taste my supper. And I think that's, we, that's not a threat, 
That's a statement of reality. If we want to taste the supper, we have to accept the invitation and come to the feast, which is living the life in Christ, which is prayer, fasting, and giving alms. I want to say one more thing about the feast. And I want to kind of go back a little bit to the idea of the Eucharist itself. Our Lord talks about the kingdom of God being present within us. Right? Um, And when we take communion, we have an opportunity there to become the living chalice. Right? We now have within us the body and blood of Christ. And we're going to go out the doors and out into the world and we can become a movable feast of the kingdom of God. We have have what we need. We have a, a deep solidarity in this with the mother of God who carried Christ within her. We too carry Christ within us. And we can carry the feast of the kingdom with us out Outside the city, out into the highways and the hedges. We can be the um, realization of the kingdom of God to everyone we meet. And that is really what the feast is. That is what it means to live the life in Christ. Yes, it means we come to this feast on Sunday. And it means we come to the services of the church. Those are the foundation of living the life in Christ. But that's just the foundation. The entirety of the kingdom of God consists of the entirety of the life in Christ. All of it. And and where we fail, Christ covers that up for us. He'll take care of our shortcomings. But try to do it all. That's, That's the lesson here. That's what the kingdom of God is. That's what it means when Christ tells his dinner um, friends that he's eating dinner with in this, right in this section before this parable, when he talks about what it means to be a good guest and a good host. Like it's giving entirely of yourself. And then uh, this man unknowingly declares a great truth. Uh, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.